the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. State of Control. This is a State of Control, episode 18, recorded Tuesday, March 10th, 2015. Kumbaya. This is a State of Control, uh, the uh, look at the control and automation segment of the AV industry, brought to you by the fine folks at AV Nation. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us, as always, Mr. Steve Greenblatt, Chief Muckany Muck Everything over at Control Concepts uh, in New Jersey. How are you, sir? Doing great. Glad to be back. Good to see you. It's been uh, like two weeks only. Yeah. Steve and I were both at the, the NSCA BLC in beautiful Tampa, Florida, um, and then both of us came back to the frozen tundra of our respective areas. So. Uh, someone who doesn't understand Frozen Tundra is uh, Mr. Rich Fergoza from FergozaDesign.com, uh, Fergoza Design in San Francisco. I've, I've been indoctrinated in the Frozen Tundra, so I just returned from it and glad to have 70-degree weather. But <laughs> So the BLC, like the MLT, where the mutton's like... It is! And, mutton's like, slightly and crispy. shaved and the tomato's so delicious. <laughs> All right, so the NSCA, the, the National System Contractors Association, has the Business and Leadership uh, Conference uh, once a year. It is uh, a, a gathering of um, integrators um, and people like Steve and I and, and you, you guys that get together and they go through two and a half days of really good, intensive um, business leadership uh, seminars, lots of really great speakers, and some of the best networking that happens in this industry happens at this event. Uh, would you would you agree or disagree with that, Steve? I thought it was great. It, it's it's uh, I think it's becoming one of those not miss not to miss conferences. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's never a bad thing to get out of the cold of St. Louis for me personally, and in, in, in down to Tampa. So uh, next year it's it's back in Dallas. So um, so it'll it'll be fun. So. You should come. We, we kind of got washed out quite a bit, but uh, just on that. Saturday, just on Saturday, it was uh, it was pretty rainy on Saturday. But for Goza, you should come next year, seriously. Okay. In, instead of going to instead of going to the Hamptons in the middle of February, you should go to to Dallas. Yes, I All love right. Dallas. All right, I, I would much prefer Dallas. Although right around that time, occasionally they'll get like the weird twister in Dallas. I've seen weird weather in Dallas at that time. All right. Well, they also have the Cowboys. So, uh, also with us is Chip Moody from VCA. If you don't know what VCA stands for, it stands for Video Corporation of America. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Mr. D- and now he's changed his name to David Goldie, uh, and he's confusing the bejesus out of me. Uh, his name is David Goldberg. Uh, he is from uh, Advanced AV. Uh, who is, a, that is, of course, our buddy uh, John Green, uh, John Green's uh, place over there in Philly. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good. Very good. Very good. All right. So here's here's kind of uh, uh, what, what we're going to talk about today, right? Um, subcontractors. Uh, and here's where we, where we 
get with this, right? So, um, technically, Rich and Rich sometimes can be a subcontractor, sometimes he's not. And Rich, you can correct me on that. Steve sometimes is and sometimes he's not. 99.9% of the time, I am. My company is, is called Innovat Innovation Design. We're, we're subcon- we're, we are programmers. That's all we do. Um, there's a little division over there that does design, but primarily that's what we do. David and Chip are, these guys are, are integrators and um, guys who may or may not hire guys like Steve and me and sometimes Rich and sometimes not. So that's part of the conversation about subs, and, and, and we're going to get into that. The other part of the sub con- conversation we're going to get into also has to do with what Steve and I and Rich do to cover our own bandwidth issues um, when we need subs, so when the sub needs a sub, and, and the responsibilities of, of, of you know, honestly, of our responsibility when we have to get someone to help us out. So... First thing is this, um, Steve. It, it, actually, no. Uh, Chip, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to get kind of the integrator standpoint, and, and then we'll we'll come we'll kind of back it up. Um, give me from your perspective, what are some of the advantages or disadvantages um, of using an in-house programmer versus using, you know, an an entirely uh, a subcontractor based uh, based uh, format. Well, I think that most of uh, the times when we have uh, subcontractors, there's a you know very fixed set period of time that they're going to be involved with a project, and if there's any kind of overrun due to circumstances on site, that would cause things to to run over. It you know that that kind of causes issues. Whereas on my side, I'm always here. Um, most of our clients are in New York and New Jersey, so it's a matter of a quick uh, car trip or a train train uh, right away for me so you're saying that because you're all because you're there physically that, you, that your clients have that comfort level right you're the you're the guy who's always going over there uh yes for, for at least for the projects that i'm working on and uh you know occasionally if we have a a project where there's been a subcontractor uh but there are then you know questions or adjustments that need to be made afterwards then it becomes a a question of well do we do we get the subcontractor back do we pass the code over to chip and, and let him take a look at it and okay. you know, there's just a you know a, additional uh, process that needs to be done in those cases okay all right, uh, Dave. From your perspective, uh, again, another integrator. Um, what What are your uh, because you are an in house, uh, at least you know a full time. You are a full time employee, right, David? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Before I start going down that road, you know, um, what are the advantages of having kind of a, a full time uh, a full time programmer on staff for uh, for an integrator? Well. Number one, they can go ahead and do whatever they want with my schedule. So, for instance, if they decide to shift priorities, this project becomes more important than that project. They can do that without influence, uh, you know, without affecting so many other projects. I mean, as a subcontractor, we may have asked a guy, "Can you be well at this time period?" And he may have said, "Yeah," and then um, now we got to switch it. He might not be available at that point. And they can't tell him, no, this job's more important than the other job that you were going to work on. 
Well, um, let, me, let me ask you, because let me let's take a, a slight exception to that. As as the person on the other side of that, I don't care. I, I really don't. Um, if you give, you know, let's 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 pick on on Chip and and David for a second. If you know, if Steve's hiring me, right, and one project's for David and one project is for Chip, and Steve says this week you're working on David's, and then he calls me up on Tuesday morning and says, "Oops, I made a mistake. Now you're working for Chip." I don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, not not to be flippant about it, but I really don't. I mean, as long as as you know, the time is there, right? Does that make sense? As long as long as the time is there, it doesn't really matter to me as as the sub, you know, who who you tell me I'm working for. Right, right. But I guess the the situation that we've run into before, we've had a sub that we said, you know, we we're going to need you at this point, and then he had another job at that, you know, we changed it where our contractor slipped, we could, didn't get in there till late. And then, um, now we need to call him back and say, Hey, we need you, but we need you on a different, at a different time. Let's say it was a site thing. I, you know, um, we need you at a different time and he can't because he's already doing something else. So this particular contractor tried to do both. Like he came into our site, uh, or he came into the other site from, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then came to our site from two and he and he worked like that for about three four days and then he got sick and then he was out and couldn't do anything for like three weeks couldn't do couldn't take care of either of the projects um, and the two projects that he was working on you know were ours and one of our competitors so of course we don't want him to we we don't care about our competitors project we we're, we need our project done you know yeah, you, you need better subcontractors, Goldie. I'm just <laughs> going to put that out there. Uh, oh, and let me state let me state one more thing. Just because I remember running into Steve a while ago at, at this is probably I don't know, this has got to be like eight ten years ago, and he said, "Hey, I haven't I haven't gotten many calls from you. You know, how how come we're not doing much work for you?" I am never the guy that makes the decision on who we're hiring and who's doing. <laughs> I mean, they don't even tell me when they're subbing jobs out, to tell you the truth. I just, it, it's supposed to be totally, a, you know, I don't even know what's going on. Like, if they subbed the job out, it was because they just couldn't fit it into my schedule, and I don't even need to know about it. That's how we hope it goes. Okay, so let, let me ask you guys this. Um, from, you know, both Chip and, and David, and actually Rich, because Rich and I both, um, actually, I think I've used more subs than Rich does at this point. Um, David, who does that make that decision? Is that the salesperson? Is that you guys' ops manager? Who does make that decision? Yeah, I have kind of an ops manager I, that runs interference for the whole engineering department and subcontracts, um, you know, help on engineering and drawing sometimes and sometimes code. Um, it just depends. It depends what resources we have and what's what's available, what's tied up. Right. Chip, from you guys' standpoint, who's who's in charge of that? Um, could you repeat the question? I just want to make yeah. sure you answer this correctly. So, so who's who? Who would be if I was to call up VCA and say, "Hey, you know what? I've got a, a five thousand hour programming job," and they go, "Holy crap! Um, I need a sub for this." Who would that person be that says, "I need a sub"? Uh, well, most likely uh, somebody from our engineering department. We have uh, we have a few people 
that would fall into the lap of um, <clears throat> it would probably come in through sales, obviously, but then land land in the engineering department's lap. Um, my boss might be involved to to make the decision of you know whether to sign that project or now we can cover that with a with a subcontractor. Okay. All right, uh, Rich, from from your standpoint and and. Let's clarify some stuff. Uh, Rich is, is, is oh my God, a, a, a deity when it comes to residential, but he does a damn good job in, in commercial as well. Um, when, when you, from, from your standpoint, um, I kind of want you to take a look at it from both sides, both from hiring subs and, and also from being uh, the occasional sub. Um, what are some of the benefits of, of getting a subcontractor versus having somebody um, on staff, you know, full-time, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week? Well, as a business owner, number one is cost. Okay. So, you know, if, if, and again, let's take a look at, you know, kind of the, the delineation is that, you know, you've got commercial markets, you've got defense, you've got, uh, educational, you've got resi and even in resi, you've got, you know, permutations in there. So if you're a company and you have enough work booked, for X amount of time, that you can keep people working full time at whatever rate um, you are paying them at. It's going to make sense for you in the long term because you can control their schedule, you can reprioritize them, and all the things that the guys were talking about. Absolutely, my guys do what I say. You know, as a boss, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to be said in some instances where, hey, we're doing it my way. Um, and, and that is definitely the benefit of having in-house in -house staff that you can task them um, if you need to triage <laughs> or if you just need to throw more people at something to get it done quicker. Now, let's flip it around. Say you're not as busy at that time and you may be in one of the lulls in your business cycle or you're between projects or you know maybe you're, you're kind of just a tweener company right now. You're not a 20-person company. You're a three or four-person integrator, whether you're commercial or, 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 or residential, well, at that point then, trying to keep somebody on staff the entire time and the burden cost doesn't necessarily make as much sense as opposed to if you can bring somebody in on an a la carte basis. Are you paying more of a premium for somebody on a project basis by bringing them in from the outside? Yes. But overall, if you're just hiring them on a project by project basis, you're not necessarily covering you know, your overhead for them all of their expenses, um, you, you know, I mean, their, their disability, their insurance, you know, all of the things that come with, with having an employee. There's a burden cost as well. You know, if you've got somebody working for you full time, well, whether they're working or not, you still got to pay them. It's not like, you know, you can walk up to your group of programs and say, oh, we don't get any work this week, guys. Sorry. You know, going to go ahead and have you skip that paycheck until we get a new job coming in. Doesn't quite work that way. Employees tend to dislike that, that pay as you go. <laughs> method of employment um so you know i find that you know if you're a large enough company and you can sustain it yeah you know keep people in house but at the same time you also have to consider you know what what are your talent pool as well um you know there there's always the difference between the people that you're bringing in um you know as long as you take care of them you you know you're at, over a period of time guess what salaries tend to rise as somebody gets more experienced um, as somebody gets older, as somebody, you know, goes from being a 20 something out of school and then gets married and has kids and a mortgage. And guess what? They've been there for a while. They, they'd like a little bit more of the, of the cheese that, that's that that's there. 
Um, and, you know, you get X amount of people at that time, you're, you're now dealing with some pretty large burden costs. And so as a business owner, you got to feed that machine. You got to you, you got to keep all of those, you know, those those car payments and those mortgage payments paid on time. Um, and when you're a smaller company, you know, that's not always the case. You, you don't necessarily have that kind of business where you have a separate sales department and engineering and pre-sales and service department and warehouse people and dot, dot, dot. That's great. There's lots of companies out there, but there's just as many who aren't. And I think really that's, that's it's speaking to that, which is, you know, you, you always have to take a look at, you know, if you can afford it, yeah, of course you can control your people. But if you can't afford it, then you've got to be a little bit more efficient with, with your outlay. All right, all right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Greenblatt, uh, we'll let you have the last word on this. Um, first, before you get started, because I, I, you and I have a different business model, right? And, and we've talked with with our buddy Mark Lavecchia before, out in uh, out in California. He and I have a similar business model, and I say similar. Um, Mark and I's business model are more business to business, right? I'm, I would go after VCA or, or after Advanced AVA as those are primarily my well not them specifically because they're not in St. Louis, but the Midwest is kind of where, where I live and breathe. Mark is, is California. We go after integrators. Those are primarily my, my customers. Those, those are, that's who I go after. You do that in addition to, to who, um, uh, going, you know, uh, serving the, uh, the end user directly, very similar to what, to what Rich does. So from your standpoint, um, you, you, you and Rich kind of see, get to see both sides of that. Um, what, uh, I guess what, which, which one is the best, the best one for you, um, from your standpoint, is it better to have uh, full-time folks or is it better to occasionally, you know, subcontract this out? So, so for us, I mean, to answer that question, the, the, the strategy that we take is that we, we try to form relationships with the, uh, technology managers to be able to provide them with some consistency knowing that they are probably going to be using multiple integrators and and give them a, a resource that they could go to directly to serve service their functionality and programming needs and uh, more and more that that's being brought to light as, as being an important part of their systems, which I'm glad because that's good for all of us. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think programming is becoming more of the specialty and, and, uh, and and realizing that that's a difference maker in a system. So uh, that, that's really the, the angle that we've been taking because it, it works out very well for our business. Many of the integrators in our area and those that we work with do have in-house programmers and it's that's a good thing too and and I think the important part there is like like Chip said and, and Dave said before uh, somebody has to be able to own the the system and somebody has to be able to own the code and do that aftercare and um, we're, we're really not set up to do service and and we're not going to be cost effective to do small changes so it is important for an integrator to have an internal resource to be able to provide the the quick uh, response time and and the relationship that that their customers need, um, what what we look to do now is we still need to have the the relationships with with integrators because we're still going to be working hand in hand in projects, and we still want to be able to uh, provide supplement their their resources um, when it's a good fit. 
where where we come in mostly is for a large project to be able to own that project, take it off of their hands, be able to be dedicated to it, and uh, so so that they have that they don't tie up all of their resources in, in one area. They they need to be able to be a little bit more fluid, from what I understand, so that they could service all of their customers and and not be not be in a situation where they say we can't get to you for X. Um, because that's just not something that their customers will will be able to live with. I mean, that, that's that's my understanding. Uh, and and in our situation, as far as um, outsourcing from our company, we we uh, just find it very difficult to be able to have those types of relationships and find good people that we can trust and and that are willing to do stuff the way we do it. And because that's that's really what we sell is our process and and our consistency. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chip, Steve made a very good point here. Um, when is it um, the best time to, to get a sub, right? Is it, he mentioned a big project. So let's say that you've got 10 projects on the, on the books. They're relatively small. Uh, we're all, well, you all are programmers. I just happen to know what you guys talk about. Um, let's say that you have let's a... Let's software. Well, you know. <laughs> I, I, I can still control a Sony uh, camera, so let's just put it that way. Um, that's a programmer joke. Don't worry about it, kids. Um, so let's say you've got you've got ten projects on the board. They're 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 roughly let's say they're twenty hours, right? And you've got enough full timers uh, on staff to to handle those. No big deal. And then you 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 come across this this one thousand hour behemoth, um, which is better for you. Um, because let's say that you know it has to be done, you know, by X amount of time, um, you you have to get help. That that's not the option here. Is it better then to you know to do what you know talked about what Steve said? Is it better to say, okay, Mister Subcontractor, here's the thousand hours, knock yourself out, you know, I'll invite you to all my kickoff meetings, get you in everything, or is it better to Mister Programmer? Here's my ten programs, and bring that thousand hours in house. Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the the latter part that you mentioned. I okay. would think that taking on the the single large scale project in house would be uh, a better choice for us, uh, assuming that we hadn't already gotten our you know, toes wet in the ten little projects. Then then yes, absolutely. Okay, and and why is that? Um, again, just because uh, there, there'd be the foresight of, uh, you know, potential scheduling conflicts down the line, uh, just the, the, the thousand hour project, uh, probably needing a little more attention to detail. Um, just, just, just more at stake that would probably, uh, benefit from a, a closer eye in house. Okay. All right, uh, Dave. Same same question to you. All right, same scenario. You guys have got enough bandwidth that you can handle the these smaller projects. And holy crap, you've got this thing that comes in the door. Um, subbing is not an option here. You guys have got to get help in some way, shape, or form, some level. Is it better to bring the big behemoth in house and sub the smaller ones for you guys, uh, or is it better to sub out the big the big giant uh, mamma jamma? That's a good question. Um, sometimes the <clears throat> the administrative stuff that goes along with each job if i'm i'm going to say 
all the little jobs are going to be a pain in the butt for one sub to to deal with all the administrative nonsense of that, whereas you could give him the one big behemoth and that's his one customer. But then again, I hate I hate giving away any jobs. You know what I mean? I wish I could do them all. But there are only so many hours in the day, and and I totally I, I know it. your your bosses at Advanced AV love to hear you say that. <laughs> at some point, at some point after maybe my second year of programming, working like eighty hour weeks or something, I was like, "All right, I give up. Go ahead, sub it out." You know. <laughs> And then I just pray that it's getting subbed out to somebody good so that if, when I do eventually end up opening their code to look at it, to service it, to whatever, that I can actually follow it. Because there have been some good, definitely one of those good guys, and there have been some disasters along the way. I'm not going to name names because it's just not good. Um, but we've I, we've had it both ways and i mean i hate to give away that big job because it could be that i've already established a relationship with that customer and he expects me when he comes in he expects that yeah. he's hiring goldie to do this job and now it's getting subbed out you know um but then again to give away a million little jobs they're all all, all the administrative hassle that goes along with each one job it might be easier to it might be easier from our standpoint to give away the behemoth and and take care of all the little ones all right so, probably more cost effective too i would imagine yeah uh i again i don't know i don't get involved See, <laughs> Steve, i don't have the business sense that you have so i've never i've never been involved in that well, sure I, I don't even this and then steve same question to you which which if if you had the you know because you you will have to you and I have talked about this before. I, I use subs, right? If if I, I've gotten to the point where, you know, making copies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I I've got to, there have been times, and I have a handful of folks that I trust to gold to Goldie's point that they know my process. I know their code. There has been a training process that has happened. Um, and you know, I, I pretty much know what I get. So you know, Steve, would would you rather um, keep keep the big one in house or, or sub or sub out uh, sub out the big one? I think we're going to keep the big one in house, honestly, because it, it's it, those are usually where we could excel, and and uh, I, I find that those are more profitable for us because it gives us uh, similar to what uh, Dave was saying, the the uh, overhead cost of is. Uh, a lot easier to uh, to, to justify in a, a larger project than it is. And there's this amount of, of project management involved, and and uh, I think that we end up creating a lot more efficiency in a larger project. All right. Okay. So I'm going to come off of what what uh, what Goldie said here about you know being able to read the code and this that and the other. Uh, I have learned an awful lot about from, from about making sure that happens from these two guys right here, and that's that's Steve and Rich. Um, a number of years ago, when I first met Mr. Fergoza, he gave me a piece of advice that I've held on to to this day. If you can't read, Mr. Chip, Mr. Goldie, me, myself, if I, you know, God forbid I have to write a piece of code anymore. Um, if I can't read what I write in six months, I've done a poor job, meaning... Once I sign off on the job and I load the program and I debug the sucker out, you know, up one side and down the other, and I walk away from that job, 
if in six months I can't open that piece of code back up in my laptop and look at it and figure out what the heck I wrote, then I did a poor job, right? Agreed. So, Mr. Fergoza, um, give me the your your standard dissertation, which you've done on this show before, you've done for me in private, how you train your folks to do that. The... Um... <laughs> One is it winds up being almost a condition of employment, which <laughs> eventually you're going to charge is, me for this, by the way. Yeah, which which winds up being if uh, if I come back, you know, a couple of years later and I can't see what's going on, you know, if I, um, you know, we're going to have some words because the whole a lot of the times the problem is, is that, uh, you know, that we, we have a rule, which is um, if you can't basically print an operation manual out of the comments in your code then you've got a problem because you can't count on the fact that you're going to have all of the documentation from the project. When you're starting a job, you get your drawings and your as-builts and you've got your notes and you know, you're carrying all of these things in your head. And what experience has taught us is that one, six months, one year, two years, Chip can attest to this, seven years down the line, you open something up and if you haven't created your own um, method of, of documentation inside the code. You know, again, it's it's if you count on everybody else to do their job for you to do yours, you're going to be in a world of hurt down the line because integrators go away. Um, you know, the facilities manager, they're on their fourth facilities manager, you know, and the guys can attest to this. Like you come back a couple of years later and you're like, hey, where's all the files that I left? Uh, oh, yeah, we cleaned out that closet three years ago or we moved it over or oh, that guy left and it was all of that, all those files were on his computer, you know. All of these horror stories that go on. Um, so, you know, from a commenting standpoint, and again, I, I go over and over and over, is that, you know, it's it's it, it keeps <laughs> it helps you be lazy. It helps you be efficient because then you don't have to carry as much in your head. And you know, when you're starting out, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'll me, I'll remain all of, I'll keep all of this in my head. You know, I got stuff that I'm like, I don't even remember programming these jobs. I mean, I'll get calls on a on a name. I'm like, who? Are you sure I did it? And they're like, yeah, your name's on. And I'm like. Wow, that West Coast um, living was good to me, I guess, for a couple of years. So, <laughs> well, and, and it's not that. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Let's 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 be honest here. Most of us and and are are of a certain age that, good God, I did it this week to to one of my TP folks. I I sent they they shot me a touch panel. And I said, okay, so what about the other? You know, the the secondary touch panel, and they shot me one back. And then what the freak are you talking about? And I had three jobs crossed in my head. You know, so we're not getting younger, and so our brain power is not what it used to be. At least our memory is not what it used to be. So, yeah, commenting and, and doing exactly what Rich is talking about makes a whole lot of sense. So, uh, All right. So uh, from, from that, from the commenting, from subbing out versus, you know, making sure that we're handling exactly what we're what – we're, um, capable of and what we want to keep our hands on uh see we're going to kick this this part off with you there are times and we just illustrated a possible time when the uh the in-house programmers and 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 we'll, you know chip and, and goldie there has to work with with guys like us so what is the best way to make that relationship as painless for both involved right because there's let's be honest with all of us here you know riches kumbaya there are going to be some egos 
okay? There are going to be some, I'm better than you, my magic is better than you, my smoke is, but whatever. And there has to be some some um, uh, resource management, uh, some some uh, uh, some some give and take here. So, Steve, from your standpoint, what is what is the best way to make make that uh, that relationship as as frictionless as possible? Um, I, I think the the main thing is is to to have good communication, uh, get to know each other. Uh, it. it we should we should have a direct relationship. It's it's uh, it, it's not good if we're both working in our in our own world and just assume that everything is going to mesh well. Um, from an outsider's perspective, we we need to understand what our clients' needs are and how they work and what's going to work well for them in terms of their standards and their processes and some ways that they like to see things or they like the way things work. They may not be the same the way as the way we do, but let's figure out what's a, a fair compromise or what, what's going to make life easier. Um, you know, I, the reason for um, the, I, the, the reason that, that I wanted to, to have everybody on today is because we, we all work, together in the same world and we sometimes work with each other and for each other and, and we're all friendly and, and I think that that's important and we shouldn't have uh, barriers or boundaries. We, we, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing and you know we see a lot of that these days uh, in social media where we're trying to help each other. I th think we're, we're, all, uh, we're all programmers trying to do the, a job for a customer, and and I think that that that's the way we need to look at it in order for things to work well. And and uh, nobody's better than another. Maybe some have certain strengths in certain areas, but in this day, I, I think that, that we all have to learn to share and and uh, and, and collaborate. And, and I think that that that's what makes a successful relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Goldie, from 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 your standpoint. Um, if you're put in a situation where you, where you uh, you have to work with a subcontractor, from 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 your standpoint as as one of the in-house guys, what's uh, what's the best way to to make that relationship work well? Um, just com like Steve said, communicate as much information as possible, and start with a good product in the first place. So, if you've worked with with contractor A and they're terrible and you're 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 pushed you have to get this project done or whatever you know that working with contractor A again is it it can't even be an option um but as much communicate I mean I've had I've had a situation where we used um a guy a semi local guy um uh 3D control solutions Brian Pickel very good programmer um, we've used them before and then at some point, like I said, they don't even tell me when they're subbing jobs out most of the time, but at some point our own demo room at Advanced AV needed to have some work done to it. They brought Brian in to do it. He used our standard, you know, pages and code and everything. He started out with that. I guess he started out with the pages, but you know, code guys like to do stuff their own way. So he did his own code. I came into the room like, you know, months later, sat down, tried to do something and realized, oh, this button's not lighting up and that's not rotating and that's not. And it was because none of that information had ever been passed on to him. And he basically 
he made the room work. It works. It does what it's supposed to do. It makes calls. It you know operates and everything. But does it work as slickly as it's supposed to? No, because nobody ever told them, hey, by the way, that button's supposed to hide and another one's supposed to show and, you know, things like that. The information just didn't get transmitted. So I would say communication, if, if you're, if you're going to have your in-house guys work with your um, subcontractors, then communication is key. Mm. That's, that's definitely a big first step. No, that, that's a good one. I, I like that one. Um, Mr. Rich, from from your standpoint, um, how, how do uh, how do we make the the in-house guys and the subs play nice together? Again, it is my kumbaya thing. I love collaboration, man. I, I really do. I think that you know you you bring in good people, um, and they challenge one another. And you know, pro- programmers are a weird lot, man. They're just they're a rare bird. And, um, you know, I there's some, to all this, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and even more control system programmers. Cause again, it's, it's, you know, we're working with purpose driven code and, you know, we're operating even outside of the, the software development community. And again, I mean, we're, we're a decimal point correction. And I, I, and I think I always laugh that our industry tends to, we have an identity crisis and we take ourselves too seriously all yes. at the same time. Um, <laughs> you know, and and so if the software development community can do it and and on a much larger scale and there's rules in place and here comes the word standards, <laughs> um, you know, the, the fact is, is that, you know, we're seeing a forced evolution of how we're developing, um, it, you know, 20 years ago, you know, and I, I, I think all four of us, I mean, if you ask 15 years ago. You know, we had different tools. We had a much different way of doing things. It was the Wild West. Half the time it was like, can you make this work? They're like, I don't know, but yeah, it'll be cool. Let's try it. You know, I mean, it was just, it, it's, you know, I, the running joke is that most of us got into AV because we weren't going to get paying gigs making, you know, making music. So, um, yes. you know, so we needed a day gig. And, and so that, you know, originally it was rock and roll and it was just figuring it out as you went. And now we're maturing. And the guys that were 20 something and, full of ego and believe in their own press, you know, you, you kind of mellow out over time and you discover that you can make your life a lot simpler when you just chill and work with everybody and, and, and you can get more done. You can make people happy and guess what? You can make more money. And for me, it's, it's, you know, we had a running joke with our guys. We, we say pride comes from the bank. <laughs> you know? at, at that point, you get the job done, you get in, you get out, you get paid. That's really what it's about. Then go do whatever the heck you want to do. You know, enjoy your hobbies and everything else, man. But crank it out, get it done. Set your egos, set your egos aside. And I think sooner or later we're getting there. I think in commercial we're getting there a lot faster than Resi. Um, I think it's just it's it's necessary because the margins are shrinking, things are getting commoditized. You've got no choice. It's it's not like you know you want to. <laughs> it's just that's what's presented to you, and and you know you throw in the consulting community on top of it. Um, you know you you have to run lean, um, otherwise you're you're just not going to be around long enough. Um, and I you know like I said I I think it's going to evolve as the software community has evolved as well and the development community has evolved as well because you're going to need more true software developers in the future um guys who were you know copy and pasters are going to be left out in the cold and you're going to see more and more that people with serious technical skills um, are going to have to come in and and that's going to require that you know you you can't necessarily have 
five top flight software engineers working under your roof. You know, you got to have a couple of guys who can deploy and maybe one or two hot shots, but you know, just to keep costs down. Otherwise, you know, I mean, otherwise, you know, it's like to do your conference boardroom and here's your programming bill of $1.7 million because I had to pay for all of these guys. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's economics too. And again, coming from a business owner standpoint, it's like, look, what, what's going to be the most profitable? And for me, my feeling is if, if, if for all of us to, to eat, you kids have to play good in this, play well together in the sandbox, I'm going to knock your heads together until you do. Yeah. And that makes, that makes sense. Uh, all right. Uh, Chip from, from, uh, you'll have the last word on this from, from the, uh, the in-house guy. Uh, how, how do you, uh, from your standpoint, how do you play nice, uh, with, with the, uh, the subs? Well, I'm going to make this part really short for everybody else because I've never actually been in a situation where I've had to collaborate on a uh, on a project with another programmer. Okay. Uh, whether that's lucky for me or unlucky, I don't know, but it's just the way it's been so far. Uh, here's the thing: there, there there's something to be said for for collaborating. I mean, I, I I come from the school of Rich and Steve, so I I, I agree that that there is there is benefit to to collaborating. But good on you for for not having to yet. So. Um, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, or, or the um, I, I think the closest I've ever come to that was actually with the manufacturer that uh, we needed to integrate with their device, and they did not have an API at the time. So I actually spent um, you know a, a number of meetings with one of their representatives, uh, where we basically hashed together what they were going to implement on their side as uh, basically an XML communication socket going back and forth to get messages between their product and a Crestron control system. And uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of fun. And it worked out really well, too. They uh, they, they, they took care of their side uh, really well, and it was very solid, and uh, it was a you know good experience. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, as, as we kind of wrap this up, I, I want to kind of get your guys' sense. And, and um, Steve, I want to start with you on this. When it comes to, I, I guess the best way to put this is owning uh, the project and, and, um, not, I don't want to use the phrase owning the code cause that's a whole different conversation, but, but owning, um, you know, owning the project and, and, and being responsible for it. Where does that, where does that line lie once you hire a sub? Um, is it, you know, is there any onus on guys like, like Goldie and Chip to, to have their hand and, and, and to collaborate a little bit and kind of, you know, um, hold hold the subcontractor's hand a little bit, you know, back back to what Rich was saying to make sure that they they hold to a standard, or is it pretty much, you know what, dude? Here's your scope of work. Here's your drawings. Here's your deadline. From my standpoint, we get assigned a project is just like they get assigned a project, unless there's a reason for us to have. Um, guidance or, or, or direction, maybe it's a special t t situation or circumstance, uh, we, we take the project and take ownership of it and, and we're, we need to commit to delivering a final product that works and see it through and, uh, and, and be responsible just as though a, a project was assigned to an internal resource. Uh, the only difference being that in the end, we have to turn over ownership when it goes into a, a warranty period or, or a maintenance period. Uh, at that point, there's usually some type of delineation, but but the response, if, if somebody is coming in to, to, coming in behind us or coming in to rescue us or something like that, that means we haven't done a good job. 
Um, you know, I mean, of course, there's cases where where there there are certain situations, maybe a, a a schedule got accelerated, or maybe some some type of the scope got uh, um, got made bigger because of uh, an agreement or or something that was out of our control, and then uh, an integrator says we're going to have uh, our programmer handle that portion of it. Then then we certainly will be working side by side and and, uh, and and need to figure things out together but but typically a project is uh, deliverable that we need to start from and do from beginning to end and and we're our responsibility is to provide a working system so before we move on from there so let me understand what you said there if once you once you once you hand over the the code and you load it and you test it and everything and you guys kind of walk away is there is there never a situation where you where you also offer the the service or the warranty for that for a certain amount of time or is that kind of from from your guys' standpoint that's that's on the integrator it it, it depends on the situation i mean okay. we're we're glad to and we're certainly going to address address any bug fixes um, but beyond that Typically, there's some type of a uh, of a completion line that's drawn where where we say the the requirements have been met, uh, we're satisfied that the system works, and now it's going into a, a different phase. Um, but but if we're we're, ne we're not going to, it's not going to be a hard line for us. I mean, we we try to support our projects as as much as we can when it, within reason. But it's uh, something that. You have to figure out when the project ends so that we can switch gears and move on to the next thing, or or we can know that we're we're going to archive this project and and then turn it over. Well, yeah. And yeah. Who would he who would he be offering that that warranty to? Would it be his customer, like the integrator? Well, I, from from I guess from from and I was just trying to kind of wrap my brain around that. But yeah, the the integrator. Um, and, and so where, um, you know, the integrator wouldn't necessarily have to staff that part of the warranty but but you know steve raised a good point uh code is horrible programming is horrible for punch listing right uh rich has told me you know horror stories before in the residential it's a little easier from from my perspective in the commercial world right you, you've got you know you've got a csi spec you can kind of base your your punch list on that um and you know say okay have there that. and he's gone um yeah. he's back he's back the wonderful world of the internet um you the, in the commercial world it's it's easier because you have a csi spec right um you can base your punch list on that in resi it's it's a lot a lot more you know squeezy squishy wiggly lines that kind of get moved and, and shaped um and, and i was just trying to wrap my brain about what you know where where steve was saying that that warranty period uh started and, and he's right you know once once it's been signed off on and and the client and the integrator because at that point that's our client signs off then then it's i guess it's theirs so not that we want to walk away and i no. think that there's more of a growing need to be able to have that ongoing support it just and, and i think it's something together we need to think about is who who's taking responsibilities that client has a system that more than likely they're going to be making programming changes before they're making changes and, and they should have a resource to be able to call on. All right. Uh, Mr. Uh, Chip, from your standpoint, um, you know, where does, where does that line lie for you guys? 
Um, you know, d depending on on who did the, I mean, it's 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 always, yeah. I always feel it's personally my responsibility to be on top of the stuff. And, that, and that's, you know, that makes sense. It also goes back to you know, Chip is, uh Chip Chip never has has not, not not had to collaborate with anyone. I almost said play nice together, but <laughs> has never had to collaborate <laughs> with someone. So uh, Goldie, from your standpoint, you know, is is it all you guys from w once once the client signs off? Um, I I. I... I'll say that sometimes if there's a big job and it was a complicated write and somebody um, throws, you know, service throws something my way and says, can you take a look at this? If I look at it and it looks like it's going to be more than 10 minutes for me to figure out what's going on, I will actually call the sub that did it and say, hey, with this. And I'm hoping that they're going to actually go, oh, yeah, yeah, let me help you out. And if, if I have that kind of relationship with them, I'm definitely more apt to suggest, yeah, that guy's great. Use him again. Okay. No, that, that, and know. that's, that, that's good information to know. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Fergoza, uh, we'll, we'll give you the last word on this. I, I don't know if I'm always the best example because I spoil my integrators. I, I know it <laughs> for a fact. I mean, I, I mean, I, I ripped out my, um, uh, distributed audio system three days ago and drove it up two hours to a client's house for one of my integrators because they just weren't they didn't have the part and so I just did it um, because our feel my feeling is is that my integrators clients are my are my clients and um, you know there is there is doing just enough and there is um, forming partnerships and my feeling is that although somebody is cutting a check to me or I'm cutting a check to them you know, we, it's, it's, it's ride or die, baby. You know, you, you got to do it together. And, um, I found that that pays dividends over the years. I found that my relationships with my integrators are much stronger for that reason. My rates, um, aren't questioned for that reason. Um, and, and, and on top of it, I tend to be championed to people if there's you know if there's an instance where they've got programmer a or programmer b or something say oh well you know my friend called so-and-so was like no we're using rich for xyz and let me explain to you what happened and why um and and you know again it, it really depends on how you treat your business model how you treat your clients how you view it again it's all killed by all again man it's just like you know you you put out good karma good karma comes back but um you know, I, I do find that, you know, in this industry, you know, if you're passionate about what you do, um, it's not really a problem to take care of a problem and, and honestly say it's your fault. I offer a lifetime warranty to my clients. If it's my mistake and they call me five years later, I will fix it, period, no charge, because I screwed up and come back and say, yeah, that was that was on me. Um, you know, if it's something that the integrator's done or there's a problem or the client's changed, then we'll come back and we'll try to find a way to make it work and, and find um, a middle ground. But, you know, I, I, I've never been of the opinion, and again, I'm in resi, so it's a little bit different, but I've never been of the opinion that you should ever try to punish the people that hired you because they didn't do the, it the way you wanted. I just, I find it very short-sighted. Um, and actually, I love dealing with companies that work like that because I just rake in right right behind him <laughs> just kind of walk behind him and say okay i'll take that one just thank you yes, thank, thank, thank you. you sir thank you sir may i have another <laughs> exactly 
All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, for this episode of State of Control. With us has been Mr. Chip Moody from VCA. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find you and or VCA? Uh, we're at uh, uh, vcaglobal.com. Okay, very good. Uh, also with us is Goldie, who's playing with the Google Hangouts toolbar now. Oh, goody. He found the sound effects and the handlebar mustache. Uh, where can people find you and or uh, Advanced AV? And you better do this right because you have a brand new website. Uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And and where is where is Advanced AV and your brand new website? Oh, uh, www.advancedav.com? Good. Marina is never going to let you back on this show ever again. Let's go for three. Can you tell me? Lord. Yes, I can tell you. It's very nice. It has, uh, you guys have got an actual, your your mobile, um, you finally have a mobile uh, uh, site as well. It it squishes and squashes and and looks pretty good on the the mobile uh, application. So, dang. Yeah, you might want to check that out. (laughs) Check out your website. Uh, Rich Fragosa, thank you, sir. Appreciate My it. My pleasure. Yeah, actually, Chip, Chip Moody is Chip Moody worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> you need help? Call Chip Moody worldwide. He'll be there. He doesn't work with anyone, but he'll be there. Uh, where, where can people find you, Mr. Fergoza? Type my name, look for me sweeping up behind bad programmers and integrators. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Twitter at rfragosa, uh, fragosadesign.com, um, on these lovely podcasts, and occasionally as a contributor to the AV Nation Army, yeah. and uh, on the Facebooks and the Google Plus and every place else. And uh, yeah, a couple of cool stuff, a couple of nice things have come up when you type in my name in the Googles. We've had, uh, we just had two case studies published by Very one nice. of the control manufacturers about two of my projects. So, nice. Kind of fun. Very cool. Very nice. Uh, and occasionally also uh, at the at the CE Pro. So Occasionally at the CE Pro, yes. Looking forward to being more with the CE Pro and with the as a Cedia ambassador again this year. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. We're, we're, uh, um, I was talking with Olivia Selke and uh, we're, it's a good chance. It's a good. There's a good chance that that we'll, we will be back at uh, at Cedia this year. Um, I almost said back in Denver, but it's not in Denver. It's in it's in Dallas this year. So good times. Yeah, it was a good time. Cowboy um, Stadium, actually programmed by a friend of the show, who actually a prior guest. Really? Yep. Who was that? Or can they, can you not say? I can neither confirm nor deny, but oh, I'll tell you later. All right. <laughs> not not the first football ish thing that's happened from a guest of this show there might be people on 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 this show who might have done a couple of stadiums here and yes yeah they're cool especially when i get a text and say hey look what i just did all right uh steve uh mr greenblatt where can people find you frozen he is frozen (laughs) we have had you can find me there sorry no, you were, you're frozen. But go ahead and talk. Okay. Uh, you can find my website at controlconcepts.net. And, yeah. Tim, why don't you tell yeah, them? Yeah, controlconcepts.net. Uh, he's out of New Jersey. Um, maybe. 
Yeah, we're in there. Jeez. It, now we lost two. Tell you what, let, let's get out of this thing before the internet's break. Uh, controlconcepts.net and Tech Talk and some other really cool things. And at Steve Greenblatt. <laughs> at Steve Greenblatt. Uh, don't follow me uh, at this point. I'm hoping and praying the Bears do something less stupid than get rid of uh, uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please. Avianation.tv. I'm sorry if you're a Jets fan people over there in, in, in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, uh, I, I hated to see Mr. Marshall go. So, uh, But avianation.tv, avianation.tv, this program, and a host of others. Holy cow, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, we've got some uh, some really great uh, bloggers coming up. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> go by the website. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a very interesting episode of A State of Control. Thanks.